1: The answer. All right, friends, it's Bob France, and I am not in today, but fear not. I leave you in great hands today, the great conservative hands of a great man. And I'll tell you this I'm very lucky to have such a deep and talented roster of great conservative talk show hosts to sit in for me when I'm not able to be with you. And today is no exception. You are going to be treated to the conservative stylings of my good friend Khalid Namar. Let's please give him a warm welcome. And Khalid, take it away.
2: I am blessed to be on on Bob's roster. I tell you, because Bob is on, on on sitting in for all all the greats uh, around the country—Prager, Hewitt, Elder—all of them. So for me to be associated with Bob is, is 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 a pleasure and a blessing. So who do we have in the house? We got Steve Krause in the house. Steve, are you there?
1: How you do? How you doing, my
2: brother? I'm here. Krause in the house, man. Thank you for pinch hitting Krause for me.
1: in the house. Yes, yes, yes. I, so hit... I feel like a vindicated man. You, oh, know
2: you... That? Why? I
1: was canceled before canceling was cool. <laughs> back in 2015. And now the rest of the world is catching up to it.
2: That's right. Thanks for dropping in on, on short notice. I hit him up last night and said, hey, can you pinch hit for me? And... uh like the man he is, he stepped up. So I definitely love to pick his brain about a lot of goings on on the state level. So let's let's start with this with this guy. Um, I'm sorry, the governor, DeWine. Oh, um, I'm going to I'm just throw some things at you. How much deep uh, uh, doo doo is he in?
1: Well, I guess it depends on how you look at it, because from the Democrat point of view, he he can't do any wrong. I mean, uh, and the rep- on the Republican side, they're saying, like, oh, you know, he's, he's toast now. He's toast. He's in a lot of trouble. But I don't think so, because he's angling for uh, second term and getting into the uh, primary. And, and right now, he's got a very good chance of winning the Republican primary. So he's paid off a lot of people over the years. You know, eight years as attorney general and all those slush nice fat contracts to other lawyer firms uh, to do work for the uh, attorney general's office. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a shrewd politician, so I don't know that he's in a lot of trouble on that front. Now, as far as his illegal mandates and lockdowns and stuff, there's a, there's a great and growing movement with uh, the conservatives in Ohio to try to shut him down. Because, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there is a uh, House Concurrent Resolution 21 that was just introduced last week by Representative Scott Wiggins to actually suspend Ohio Revised Code 3701.13. And that is the code that DeWine's using to enforce the lockdowns and the mask mandates and all the other Um, unlawful and unconstitutional things. And the reason we want to suspend it is because, long story short, we believe that the governor's not done. It looks like it's all opening up and everything's hunky-dory and we're going back to business as normal. Ah, ah, ah. You're watching the one hand while you're not seeing what the other hand's doing. Uh, We got a session go on recess this summer. DeWine says, oh, no, the COVID deaths are going back up. we got to lock back down. And he has a free hand to do it. And SB 22, that everybody hails as a great uh, step forward, a legislative step forward, is being looked at as being unconstitutional. And we believe DeWine's going to challenge that at the Ohio Supreme Court level, and he's going to win because Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor will probably side with the governor. And therefore... He's going to lock us back down come this fall. So there's a real need for uh, great patriots such as yourself, great conservatives, to get involved and call their legislators right now, especially the um, Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate, and get them to fast-track this House Concurrent Resolution 21 so that they can get this passed before the uh, the session breaks for summer. Before the end of uh, uh, June,
2: I did not know that. Thanks for that, Steve. We got Steve Krause, a former uh, uh, candidate for State House. And are you still State with the, house? State I was.
1: House. No, no, no. I got elected, brother. I beat Chris Redfern. Woo! <laughs> I mean, I beat the biggest Democrat in Ohio back in 2014. He was the most powerful man in Ohio. Uh, he was the chairman, 11 year incumbent. State rep, and he was the 10 year chairman of the Democrat Party. And when I took him out in 2014, all hell broke loose because he was in bed with John Kasich and a bunch of Republicans down there. That's how incestuous Columbus is. It's really not. It really, and you know this, it really isn't the Republicans and Democrats. It's the party of power and the rest of us. Right.
2: Yeah, they took you through a lot of stuff. Uh, Those of us who know you know what you went through. Uh, you know, yep. over the last yep. few years.
1: I, like I said, I got canceled before canceling was cool, but I'm vindicated now. I'm actually going to write another book. I need to update my book because you know what? Everything I said that I couldn't even believe was happening on a local level or a state level in 2015. You know, I met Sydney Powell back in 2018 at CPAC, and she told me because I was talking to her about my case, and Sydney Powell, who's the great – um attorney now fighting the fraud of the 2020 election. Well, when I sat down with her in 2018, she told me to my face, she said as bad as the federal courts are, she says the state courts are 10 times worse. And right. I believe her. But yeah. now the federal courts are terrible too.
2: Yeah. And um, Sydney Powell actually has taken on I think she was she took on that Arthur Anderson case in uh, and one, which was a huge case yep. where they were broken up. By, by the feds uh, so a lot of yep. people in the media have tried to make her out to be a crackpot but she's a pretty good attorney um
1: th- she, she's an excellent attorney she's got a great book out called license to lie yeah, and i, I, I just bought it. it
2: yeah i just bought yep. it yep. um
1: yep. but you asked how much trouble the wine's in yes well if we can keep him from winning the primary he's toast and that's the game that everybody should be looking at what do we have to do to keep DeWine from winning the primary. Now you know Bob Paduchek is chairman of the Ohio uh, of, of ORP, Ohio Republican Party. He's the new chairman. He took over for Temko, and you know he's longtime buddies with DeWine. Now they say that uh, they're not going to endorse in this election cycle in the primary. The ORP isn't. Don't count on it. I'm I'm sure that. The line will get the nod and the endorsement in the primary, which means, and the reason that's important, is because then his face is the only face that goes out on the slate card sent out by ORP to all the registered Republicans in the state. And, you know, a lot of people just vote. They get a list, and they go in and they vote. They look at that slate card, and that's how they vote. Yeah. So it's real important that we don't let... ORP, endorsed
2: in the primary. Yeah, let me ask you a question, because I, I believe this theory to be true. Uh, wasn't it apparent that whenever Trump came to Ohio, DeWine found it a convenient excuse not to meet with him? The last one was that he had COVID, and then the next day he didn't have COVID. Uh, <laughs>
1: of course. He, he's, he's a never-Trumper. Yeah. It, it, he's a never-Trumper. Yeah, a lot of people I picked mean, up on Trump that. Did everything to, Trump did everything to help it. But see, DeWine's a globalist. He's buddies with, you know, he associates with and is in lockstep with our current president, and I hate to even say that, but Joe Biden, they were best friends up there uh, on Capitol Hill when, De- when DeWine was a senator. I mean, De- DeWine, he is the chameleon of politicians. He'll put on whatever stripe he needs to put on to get the vote, but he doesn't work for the people. And then sadly, a lot of... Uh, Elected officials today don't work for us. And I'll give you a good case in point. You asked my, the first question you asked was, how much trouble the wine's in? Well, if you remember, State Representative John Becker, last General Assembly, uh, introduced, um, articles of impeachment and a Republican Mm -hmm. House trying to impeach a Republican governor. That's historic in itself. But out of 99 state reps, we only had four co-sponsors. Four. So I asked the question, what was the other 95 doing? Because clearly courts had already said that what DeWine did was illegal and unconstitutional. So what happened to the other 95 reps? All the Democrat reps. Well, they were absent. They They were working on their careers. They were definitely not working for the people. And so when you ask the question, how much trouble is he in? I don't think he's in any trouble. Unless we as the conservatives can stop him from getting the primary, winning the primary in 2022. And that has got to be our goal. We have to focus on that. If we can deny him the uh, primary victory, then we got a shot. And I know Jim Renacy, Congressman Renese, I know Jim very well. He's talking about throwing his hat back in the ring. And uh, I've met with Joe Blystone. I uh, actually had him on the radio. We've had both of them on our show. Uh, Monday Night Roundtable, heard every Monday night, on your sister station, 1220 a.m. Yes, check it From 7 out. to 9 p.m. With our great friend, know, George Satari.
2: That,
1: that George Satari that was a shameless commercial, but I'll take <laughs> And, uh, anyways, um, the, the the problem that I see, my concern, is that Joe Blystone and Jim Renese will split the conservative votes. And there's enough swamp Republican votes, you know the Kasich votes, the Never Trumper Republicans, that DeWine will get like thirty-three or thirty-six percent, and that'll be enough to carry him in a three-way race. The other thing is, is that if the if the Democrats and there's talk that Tim Ryan, Congressman Ryan, going to run, throw his hat in the ring. If they don't have two candidates in their primary, a lot of them can cross over and vote for DeWine to get him over the top in our primary, so I'm very concerned about the splitting of the vote between C and Blystone I wish those two could maybe uh, come to some sort of an agreement
2: Can can you hang around another segment, Steve? Sure. I want to ask you about someone on the chopping block, and that is our old friend Anthony Gonzalez, I want you to talk about him in the next segment, I'm Khalid Namar in for Bob France, and in studio with my buddy Aaron Corpora, we got Steve Krause in the house, we'll be back on the other side, stick around We're back live in studio on uh, the Bob Pratt's authority. I'm Khalid Namar. I'm in studio with, with hanging out with Aaron Corpora, who's the Northeast Ohio Director of, of FAIR Foundation for uh, Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. He'll be hanging out the rest of the show. But on the line, we go back to Kraus in the house. <laughs>
1: love you brother and i <laughs> can tell that you're, you're you're sitting in for bob because that bumper music is great that, that kind of that kind of the bob bumper music that i'm used to so. but <laughs> well, that, yeah, how, how do you how, how do you get a gig like that because you know i i uh, uh I, i've seen bob and talked to him many times man he must really like you man you got, <laughs> you got a cool gig there
2: oh man listen i love it i love sitting in bob and i are both 80s kids. But, you know, we, we, we got a little bit different, uh, you know, uh, uh taste in music, but it's like I come from a, a little bit more of the, even though I, I do play a lot of little Steely Dan and, and some hip hop stuff, but, uh, you know, I like to liven up the studio. Plus we got a younger person here, so we got to get some energy. Plus my oh, man, my yeah, man yeah. Andrew is, uh, he's, he's a youngster as well. So he, he's got the good energy. So I, I have a ball mm-hmm. when I come here. The time just goes so fast. So we're going to be back with, let's, let's talk about. Anthony Gonzalez, who did one of the most boneheaded things an Ohio politician has done in recent memory, and that is vote to impeach uh, Trump. So he is mm-hmm. persona non grata. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so many, he's been reprimanded by just about every major GOP group in Northeast Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are his prospects?
1: Which, well, that's a great question. You know, because uh, we were at an event in Strongsville a couple of weeks ago where the, they had a candidate for him. And um of course he did not show up and there was multiple candidates there. This was about three weeks ago. And uh we I ended up getting interviewed by a uh political um uh journalist and he was out of uh I believe he was out of uh North Carolina or something. But anyways, and he's tracking that race in particular. He wanted to see uh Max Miller, uh, who ended up not showing up as well. But uh Anthony Gonzalez, what's really interesting about that is he ran, he was the swamp pick running against Christina Hagan oh. back when Jim Renese stepped down from Congress to run for governor, if you remember that. And Christina Hagen is she's a great conservative. She's the one who introduced the heartbeat bill. Yes. And the swamp picked Gonzalez. Well, guess what we got? We got somebody who impeaches the president. And guess who thought that was okay at first or good at first? Jane Temkin. Uh, What's Jane Temkin doing now? She's yes, running. running. For yeah. Yeah. But Gonzalez uh, has pretty much flit his own throat, you know, speak, saying it figuratively. Yeah. Because either Max Miller or Jonah, um I'm trying to think his, Jonah, well, I can't remember his last name now, but there's an up-and-coming uh, guy that's running also in the primary against... Uh, to take Gonzalez's seat. Now I hope they don't split the vote and Gonzalez wins the primary as well, but I don't think Gonzalez is going to get an endorsement from ORP. I think there's enough conservatives on ORP, uh, the state party that Gonzalez is toast. I think he, he should just be looking for another job right now.
2: Good. Maybe, maybe he can uh, get back in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause he's woke enough now. Uh, thanks for dropping in Steve, especially on short notice. It's always good to have you in the house, my friend. Uh, Say hello to our buddy George Sotari for me, and uh, I'd love to have you back on.
1: Listen, it's a pleasure anytime, and you should come on our show, too. Again, that's uh, Monday Night Roundtable at 7 to 9 every Monday night on Sister Station, 1220 AM, The Word. Thank you. God bless you, and have a great rest of the day. All right. Love
2: you, brother. Thank you.
1: Love you, too. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Steve Krause fun man he's a fun guy uh check him out on monday night roundtable again uh him and george satari great great show they've helped us out a lot uh so we'll be back uh on the other side we'll continue on in the studio we're gonna be talking about this asian hate that's been uh allegedly going on uh anyway see you on the other side i'm colleen Damar for bob france stick around Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. I'm Khalid Namar. We're coming down the home stretch here uh, in the studio with my buddy Aaron Corpora of FAIR. So let's talk a little bit more about FAIR, uh, the foundation against intolerance and racism. Yes,
3: sir. Uh, FAIRFORALL.org. F A I R F O R A L L.org. Yeah, yeah. So did we talk about who started FAIR? Uh, not so much. I had mentioned a little bit uh, the way that I was turned on to it uh, by just following some of these mm-hmm. uh, journalists and academics uh, for a long time. But I can read you off some names here, maybe yes. some that you'll be familiar with. I think I mentioned earlier um, Thomas Chatterton Williams, mm-hmm. uh, John McWhorter. Yes, yes. Two linguists. Uh, I've, Wilfred I've, I've, Riley. I
2: have lots of his books. Uh, actually, I have books from mcwater and uh i have uh hate crime hoax by Wilfred riley
3: very good very awesome uh zaya jelani he's another journalist i've followed for a while camille mm-hmm. foster yes uh, host oh of the, camille foster strong conservative yes yeah he, i think he identifies himself as an libertarian. anarcho-capitalist yeah, these yeah, days yeah, yeah, at yeah. least uh, from what i've heard on the fifth column podcast yeah, there, he's but a, a libertarian guy very very smart guy i would agree definitely libertarian i think is is an accurate way to to characterize him um uh, and Ion Hersielli, another woman I followed oh, wow. for a long time as well. So, so kind of a star studded cast. It was so which some brain power I'm, on that one. That's what I'm saying. This is what drew me to it uh, initially. And the, this board of advisors is growing uh, seemingly every week or every month or so. It's uh, This has taken off at kind of the speed of light here, which has been really exciting.
2: You've just given me a rather brilliant idea. Hit me. In my sebastian Gorka voice um <laughs> i'll talk to you about it off air all right but my my, my wheels are turning i love here, it here so we and our organization um uh, american trinity project which is a civic space organization with my good buddy Dan. Messina who's listening um we talk about civics the constitution civic responsibility um and try to get uh, a message out about how to we're basically our mission is to produce better americans that's a general message Mm -hmm. uh, or a general uh, goal of ours is to produce better informed engaged americans better citizens that's the only way to improve the country is to produce better people better citizens and and you do that through uh, the, the correct education and values combined you can't have one without the other so I think that that's our goal. And I think we have some synergy with several other groups, including what you're doing. Uh, and we'll have some things you and I will be talking about, you know, uh, you know, in future to, to work together on. I think so that's a good idea. Yep. When it comes to, uh, your outreach, for instance, have you done much work on campuses? And how are, how are you received on campuses?
3: Yep. So actually not so much on campuses yet. That's one thing that I'm really hoping, um, To get the ball rolling on. Being a younger guy myself, I've, I graduated from Kent State four years ago now. Uh, and I think this is, this is an organization and a message that would have been very beneficial to me on campus. It would have, uh, made me feel a lot less isolated, uh, and a lot, a lot more confident that there are people, uh, who share similar viewpoints and who are tolerant of all different kinds of viewpoints. Um, most of the campus work that has been done uh, has been done by you know parents of, on high school campuses. We talked earlier about uh, Columbus Academy down there in Central Ohio, but my vision, very much uh, as the director of the Northeast Ohio chapter here, is to have a significant presence on college campuses, uh, starting with my alma mater, Kent State, and Akron, and the like. Yeah, because on, on campuses
2: there is pure madness. Uh, in many in many campuses going on, and I know an example. The people who should know better are appear to be the most mad. You have Harvard, you know, who, who are supposed to be the, the best and the brightest, and I you know, who are signing petitions to get rid of the First Amendment. I don't know if you've seen Ami Horowitz experiments where he goes in these campuses and gets people to sign away. Mm-hmm. their you know, we should get rid of the First Amendment because we need to stop people from saying this and saying that, and these people sign it. You have law students, law students mm-hmm. who are protesting against an attorney uh, representing a criminal defendant who they don't particularly like. It's unbelievable. You have a Sixth sixth Amendment right to counsel, and these law students are opposing an attorney representing an unpopular client. Uh, stunning.
3: I I think a lot of this comes from, I think a lot of this does start on campuses, which is why I'm so passionate about kind of getting this message and mobilizing in that that area, uh, is because I think a lot of this comes from a school of thought started uh, by some of the postmodernists, uh, Herbert Marcuse, uh, Foucault, and the like, uh, who, who explicitly advocate for the destruction of things like free speech, saying that the principles like free speech uh, only serve to, to uphold the existing power structures, and uh, the most marginalized people will never be able to experience true liberation unless things like free speech are destroyed. In that sense, it sounds very Orwellian. You're probably thinking... Literally, the argument being made uh, on some of these campuses and by some of these intellectuals is that freedom is slavery, uh, which I think runs counter to a lot of <laughs> pretty much all of these principles <sighs> that we've been talking about over the course of the last couple yeah. hours here. Yeah, and, and give it the website again for FAIR FAIRFORALL.org. That's F A I R F O R A L L.org. Uh, you'll see a map on there. You can see chapters all across the country. You can click on a state and see what's been going on. You can become a member donate or not like I said this is nonpartisan um, so a place where you want to get together and, uh, and gather with like minded people in your area you will find uh, riveting discussion there you will find ways that you can help uh, financially ways that you can help physically and if you want to reach out to me personally um, my email by first and last name Aaron A-A-R-O-N dot corpora C-O-R-P-O-R-A at gmail.com uh, send me a message. I'm working on this Rolodex of people all across Northeast Ohio here uh, who are excited about FAIR's vision, and I would love to connect with each and every one of them.
2: Yeah, and particularly if you have younger people in, in your family or in your circle who want to get involved, because it's important to get young people involved in this uh, to push back against you know this nonsense and to reach out to more of their peers because it, it's always good. So that's one of the best things about going to CPAC, which I've been four years straight, you see a lot of young people, a lot of college-age people, um, it, and it's it's great to see uh, from all the the colleges that show up from you know Hillsdale, uh, from uh, you know Cedarville, you know, Grove Grove City. All these different schools show up. People in their twenties, early twenties, even some late teens. You'll see. It, it's encouraging to see that, that not all college students are basically wearing Che Guevara T-shirts. It's, it's great.
3: It definitely is. It has given, since I've been involved with FAIR here over the last couple months, it has given me, it's been like a breath of fresh air. Like I said, I, I have been longing for something like this to exist and, and to look around and know that there are people both who I agree with and who, disagree with, who I disagree with uh, who are concerned about similar things and who are passionate uh, about advancing this pro-human message. Uh, it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And, and that's good to have,
2: um, a, a passion that, uh, you would basically, uh, that you don't consider to be work necessarily. You know, it's, it's not a, it's, it's a labor of love to, to do something that you're excited about and, uh, to do some, some actual, uh, work that benefits society in a positive way.
3: I feel incredibly blessed uh, to have that opportunity. That's a very, very kind way to characterize it, yeah. and, and I agree. I, it, it, uh, it's been filling me with a, a zest for life that I uh, have been looking for for a long time. Good,
2: and it's important. Um, so I'll say this. What we're we're, we're going to make an announcement with our organization very, very soon because we're going to be switching gears uh, and rebranding and, and redirecting our organization to get out and, and do some great work with younger people because, again, our goal is to produce better Americans. That's the only way forward uh, not to try to rewrite the past, not, not to try to burn any of our founding documents. <laughs> We're not going to be tearing down any statues or anything. We are trying to make better Americans. I, I, I actually, I like that I like that as a tagline for us.
3: I think that I think that uh, you know, those founding documents that you referenced, I think that although we have not always lived up to those ideals, um, I really do believe that they are some of the most coherent um, and influential expressions and doctrines um, ever produced by mankind, and that is, you know, when you hear people like Dr. King and Frederick Douglass talk about that promissory note guaranteed to all Americans uh, in in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution. Again, we've failed to live up to those ideals before, but I really do think that those ideals um, elucidated in those documents are ha- have created the the freest and um, most intellectually diverse culture in the history of civilization. Well, well, yes,
2: and and, and certainly the, the the history is is very brutal, uh, but it's also it's very complex, uh, and and because you look at it, for instance, I'll, real quick, I'll run through like the history of Vermont. Mm-hmm. Vermont was the first. Um, produced the first constitution anywhere in the world that forbade slavery, Vermont. Mm. There was no other document produced anywhere that said slavery is forbidden, and Vermont produced it. The Northwest Ordinance, the language of the Northwest Ordinance is identical to that of the 13th Amendment, and the Northwest Ordinance, we're sitting on that territory right now, um, where that was forbidden. Slavery was forbidden, And also if Ohio Ohio has such a great history Uh, and I'm so proud of it the more more I learn about history uh, in Ohio the more proud I am to be from this state
3: it really is cool I think we sent the most uh, regiments to the Civil War yes we did Uh, it's it's fighting slavery and uh, seems to be in Ohio's DNA
2: yeah and some of the greatest Americans like Salmon Chase uh, came from Ohio Uh, and you know if you read about his background and the things that he he accomplished uh being from our great state i just love this state and, and the more and more uh the more and more i learn about it, i say wow this is a great state to be from i mean it could be worse we could be from like pittsburgh or pennsylvania i'm just kidding
3: uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding thank god uh, <laughs>
2: let's take a call real quick we got ed calling from brunswick ed how are you welcome to the bar France authority
1: Oops. Great show so far.
2: Yes, are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead, Ed.
1: Okay. The uh, question is, you were mentioning, your guest was mentioning founding documents. I'm thinking going back in history. Does so the Ordinance of 1787, which established uh, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Wisconsin would become those states. Yes. It prohibits slavery north of the Ohio River. Yes isn't this a no slavery prohibition, a legal first that shows that the American revolution was not thought to perpetuate slavery. Yeah, in definitely. And it counters the 1619 project.
2: Yeah. Um, we did mention, I did mention that briefly in Northwest ordinance and you're right. Uh, why I would say history is really, really complex. Uh, and there is a narrative out there. And actually, I interviewed one of the proponents of that theory. Um, he is a professor, out, uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Horn, I believe his name, out of uh, University of Houston, who wrote a book on that, basically suggesting that the uh, Revolutionary War was fought to preserve slavery. And, uh, you know, we had a interesting back and forth about that. But you're right. This area, this document that created the area, the, the Northwest Territory that we're living in now, did forbid slavery. It was one of the few documents anywhere in the world, along with the Constitution of Vermont, that forbade slavery. There's no other uh, document anywhere in the world prior to that that forbade slavery, including. It is,
1: uh, Wilberforce, right. The,
2: correct. Correct. William Wilberforce, great man, by the way. They were paying African uh, slave traders, princess, to stop trading slaves. It was so lucrative. They had to like pay them to stop. Um, <laughs> there was never an abolitionist movement. On the African continent, nor was there one in the Middle East. Uh William Wilberforce led the most effective one in Europe. And they were seizing ships, freeing slaves. I actually saw some of the the, the documents from some of the ships that were seized. It's 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 an, it's an amazing history uh that William Wilberforce helped to uh to, to to establish when it comes to abolition. So people need to understand history is so complex, it isn't uh you know, as as for lack of a better term, black and white as people want to make it. But that's a great point, Ed. Thanks for calling. Okay. Yeah, and and that's what I mean when when you talk about history. There's so many things. Um, for instance, one of the the, the uh, his name escapes me at the moment. He was a, a pretty powerful Indian chief. He had 400 slaves, 400. I mean, he's a very wealthy man. Mm-hmm. And he, he, I believe, he was a Cherokee, and he worked with the Confederacy because they had something in common. They thought they were were screwed by the federal government. So he said, hey, I can work with these Confederate guys. You know, Um, there was only common interest at the the time. And there were African tribes who fought on the sides of uh, the Dutch and the British who were fighting for supremacy on the African West Coast for slavery. It was all about common interest. One of them wanted the uh, current regime out of power so he can take control. It was common interest. And people need to understand that's how the world operated. It's just the way to learn now. I go back to the question, what kind of person would you have been? Would you have been one of these middlemen, you know, taking slaves from the interior and taking them to the coast and trading them? You may have been if you were living in that time. You may have been on the side of the Dutch. <laughs> you may have been on the side of the British. So anyway, it, it's just so much complexity in history. And it's just it's just something to learn from, but never to wag your finger at people with 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 a certain last name it, it's just it's just foolishness. And to understand that we have one of the greatest opportunities now uh, to improve this society, but it's being squandered by some very, very, um, I won't say evil people, I'll just say misguided people. But anyway, um, we got one more segment left here on the France Authority. It's been fun hanging out with you, Aaron. And uh, 10 minutes for the hour, I'm Khalid Demar for Bob France, and we'll be right back. Stay Stick- Welcome back to the final segment, man. This time goes so fast. Uh, the Bob France authority. I'm Khalid Namar, man. This is like bittersweet. I hear this music and I realize it's time for me to get kicked out of here. Uh <laughs> It's been a blast. It's been a blast. as always sitting in the studio with Aaron Corpora here today. And thanks Steve cross for dropping by, um, Talk about the goings-on in the state of Ohio. Uh, Real quick, a couple years ago, because I think every group should get a hate crime bill. Like, every group. I think there's no group in this country that should be without a hate crime bill. I mean, if you're over 6'5", if you're under 5 feet, you know, if you're a certain weight, certain size, you know, blondes, brunettes, uh, redheads.
3: You put pineapple on pizza? Yeah,
2: everybody should get a hate crime bill. Because I'm, I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. Uh, I think we're up to like, what, five or six different hate crime bills, which I thought it was already rules against beating people up. But I, I guess you need uh, 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 an additional cherry on top for you know every group. I was going to write an article about two years ago on crimes against Asians, but it was from a different perspective. 13 cities around the country. I did When I researched, I found out things that were going on, home invasions, kids getting beat up in school particularly like in Philadelphia, council person was attacked in, uh, in Philadelphia, North in, out in Northwest. There were things going on in Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles and Houston, all over the place. Uh, Asian people were being robbed and beaten. And it was mainly because it was mostly by large percentage of black people who thought these people were soft targets. There was a rapper called YG who wrote a song uh, about how to rob Asian people. And he mentioned about, they don't have bank accounts and blah, 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 blah. blah. They keep cash. And he had a protest against him in Philadelphia. And we went there to do a show because it's Philadelphia. 24 Asian kids were being up in one day in school. This is back years ago. None of this was reported nationally because they did not have a narrative. Now the narrative is it's because of COVID and people are running around beating up Asian people and robbing them and hurting them because of COVID and because of all together now, Donald Trump. This is how. Disgusting this media is they like to they create narratives. There was an NFL player in New Orleans who was killed in a road rage incident a few years ago. Can't think of a name right away. Uh, but the story was NFL players career cut short by this thug who shot him in a road rage, road rage incident. And they put this guy's picture out there as the, the bad guy. Come to find out that wasn't really the, the, the case. It wasn't really true as how they reported it. It wasn't as if he was just this bad guy. He may have been defending himself. Sports Illustrated, to their credit, did a huge piece on this guy, explained who he was, his background, and the real facts of the case. But the media had already taken the narrative—that is, NFL player's life cut short by thug. The media creates narratives; they don't give you the news. It's like when you watch Rocky, which one of my—you know—I'm a boxing junkie who doesn't like boxing films as a rule, but Rocky. Apollo picked uh, Rocky because it was a narrative. He was an Italian. They were fighting in Philadelphia. It was 1976, the bicentennial. He said, Hey, how about getting it on one of Christopher Columbus's descendants who founded America? Let's get it on with one of his descendants in Philadelphia, our former uh, capital. That was the narrative. And that's why they picked Rocky. This is how the media reports news. So let's take COVID. Donald Trump and crimes against Asians and create this narrative that people are running around attacking Asian people because of COVID. All of these crimes are not to be put in the same bucket. So they run these headlines, Asian person attacked in this city, Asian person, oh, this is Asian hate. So now you need a, another bill, which we already have crimes against attacking people, but for political purposes, you have to put hate crime. Hate crime legislation was one of the dumbest pieces of legislation Congress ever passed. And that's saying something. Because what it is, if I get beaten up in my neighborhood with a baseball bat by someone who happens to look like me, that person will get less time than if he looked like you. It, it's it's so foolish, but this is what our politicians do. They have to justify their paychecks. So they come up with nonsense legislation to... Uh, to justify their paycheck keep their jobs but anyway it's been fun hanging out with you uh we'll have to do this again some point we got a lot of work to do brother thanks for andrew wheels of steels marcy and the whole crew thanks to bob france for having me once again i am khalid namar um it's been fun and uh hopefully i'll hear you see you again soon god bless
1: Enjoy the silence